Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We are staying in the globe tonight. Let's go. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Live, June 18, 2010. This transmission coming from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Mike, we've got a big night tonight. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandon, Burke, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, Mike, it is a big night. We are spanning the globe, so to speak, tonight, uh, all around the country with high stakes and uh, fantasy football information for the listeners. We've got the uh, Red vs. Blue crew, the chat room already kicking off. And, uh, Mike, let's have a good night, buddy. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We're going from uh, the East Coast uh, all the way uh, almost to the West Coast, for uh, different uh, different views, uh, aspects, and uh, the way uh, that uh, different uh, folks that follow their particular team uh, will give us some insight that may make an impact on uh, different leagues that you may be drafting in already and uh, that you may be drafting in uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I am as well. We have uh, several guests on tonight. Uh, Tommy Yates. Uh, we'll be covering our Pittsburgh Steelers report. Can't wait to talk about the Steelers this year. Steve Carter, our buddy show, uh, another high-stakes veteran, will be covering the New York Jets tonight. Uh, Aaron Rednicki from footballguys.com covering the Buffalo Bills and then going to break down a little bit of their new product today in fantasy. We'll be talking about that tonight. Jason 
Goldman and Josh Held, Mike, the Day Drinkers. Uh, yeah, I know. popular Day Drinker Decision Contest. We'll be breaking down the Arizona Cardinals tonight about half past the hour. And then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with Jeff Pasquino, uh, a late addition from DynastyGuys.com, because, uh, and he'll be covering his Philadelphia Eagles. Dynasty is just a huge, huge deal in the offseason in the summer, Mike. In fact, I am in the middle of the uh, the new Fantasy Football Players Championship, uh, the, the $1,250 entry fee draft, Mike, that, uh, that big monster, uh, the Dynasty draft is taking place right now. And it's really right. testing me, Mike, because that's a lot of money. That's not that's not chump change, and you can't risk building too far in the future, Mike. You've got to be able to win now. The top prize in that league is like oh, you know, over seven grand. It could be close to like eight grand. You can't what, just throw that away and build for the future. No. What what round are you guys in right now? Drafting. Uh, we're in the middle of the sixth. Middle sixth. Uh, would you care to share uh, anything that that you did before, or uh, would you rather not? Well, we're actually moving tonight. We actually we've already popped into the seventh round. I might make it on the clock tonight while we're on the air. I can tell you what uh, what we did. You know, we talked about it a little bit. I made a couple of moves, Mike. Uh, I ended up yep. with a fifth pick uh, to start the draft, and that's a good place to be because you're guaranteed one of those stud wide receivers. But you do miss very likely you're going to miss those big four running backs unless. Adrian John, uh, Andre Johnson or one of those receivers sneaks up into the top four, but it's a it's a consensus pretty much. Chris Johnson, MJD, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, some way in that order are going to go in the top four. So I wanted in there, and so I made a couple of moves, not really giving up too much at all, really. And I got up into the third pick, and then I parlayed that up into the first pick, Mike. So with the first pick, you know who I took? <laughs> Chris Johnson. I took Chris Johnson. Uh, you know this. This is getting ready. This is starting off already to be Team Holdout. I'm just going to go ahead and make make this uh, name Team Holdout here. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> later in the draft, I did end up taking Vincent Jackson, who went in the fourth round, Mike. And, and <laughs> so, you know, he's been in the long holdout. And I'm like, man, what am I doing here? Uh, so I, I have made some moves. have made some moves. And, and, and I'm rounding into a pretty good team here. Chris Johnson, Javid Best, D'Angelo Williams, uh, Sidney Rice, Jeremy Macklin, and uh, my last pick uh, was Mike Sims Walker. Took him over uh, Pierre Garcon. Very tough for me to do, but I but I like what I see from Sims Walker uh, in his third year contract year. You know that's always big. But I I told you I drafted Vincent Jackson. Mike, I traded him after I drafted him. I was like, you know what? I can't really handle the risk. It's too much for me to handle. <laughs> thinking that he might hold out. Uh, I got him at good value. I, he he fell up. You're not going to believe this. He fell to 4-8 in a dynasty draft because, again, this is a 12-50 dynasty league. You're risking a lot of money putting it on the line. And, and you know, I got to give, I gotta give, I gotta give all the listeners uh, a little bit of uh, background here. Uh, you were you were heck-bent on getting running backs, and you wanted running backs. You got running backs right away, right away, right away. And, uh, it, and it was kind of funny uh, because – you were like, well, I traded this pick. I'm like, you're not done yet. Uh, well, I traded this one. I said, Scott, you're still not done yet. <laughs> and you've had a you've had a lot of fun with this uh, a lot of fun with this draft. And uh, but uh, so you're now team uh, team holdout, huh? It's been a heck of a draft, Mike. 
we're, we're in the seventh round, like I said, and, and this, I, it, it really is a stressful. I've been sitting up all night. Just, we don't know if you guys are like me. It's a slow draft, so you know you don't. But I'm sitting around, and there's trades all over left and right. I can't tell you how many trades we've had. Let me go to this report. It's just incredible. But I've been sitting up all <laughs> night, every night. Uh, I've been up to like three o'clock every single night this week, you know, and then getting up. Let's see, we've got, we've had already 23 trades in this league. 23 yeah. trades. This is. This is lots of drafts. As a matter of fact, i, I got to mention somebody here. Cavalier King Charles, Norm Cruz, has already – Mike, this guy is incredible. He, has been, he is a, a fantastic dynasty drafter. He's one of the best pro dynasty drafters I know personally, and I've been reviewing dynasty drafts for the last you know, five years here. Norm knows how to trade and acquire draft picks and build for the future and still have a team this year. He's very good at it. He's excellent. He has acquired, Mike, eight – First round picks next year. It's incredible the way this guy does this. The way he's able to draft and put together trade offers for these guys. And again, look, he's building for the future, but he's also not doing too bad, man. You would think with that type of with that type of uh, trading going on that he would be really hurting. Let me let you let me let you in on his team real quick. He still has. I'm like we're in the middle of the seventh, and he only has five guys, right? Uh, he has Jonathan Stewart, Rashard Mendenhall. He has C.J. Spiller, Vincent Jackson, and Dwayne Bowe, Mike. He's got five studs, okay? He's not hurting at all. So I really like – just, it's just something to be seen. I want to get him on the show uh, coming up here soon because it's just really incredible what he's been able to accomplish, Mike. Uh, that, that's a definite uh, GM material in what he's trying to do. Uh, try, and that's, a, that's very hard to uh, – to build for now and build for the future, and it sounds like that's what he's doing. And, and, and he's pulling it off. Mike, let's get right to it. Uh, the news we need to get to before we start to span the globe here, um, you know, obviously Chris Johnson prepared to hold out. He, he basically made a statement the other day. He said, look, I can't be making 550 k and that was the that was the deal that, uh, you know, he, he signed uh, his rookie contract. It's got the 30% rule, the threshold base. Um right. So he has a, a prorated like one million that comes on and a roster bonus of like a hundred thousand. So you know he can actually make like one point six million in two thousand nine and up to two point one million in two thousand and ten with a new contract. Um, it, it's it's not that much money and I, and I see the Titans going to go ahead and, and make the deal, but it's basically uh, the the deal that I've been seeing on Football Outsiders, fantastic website. It represents a, a two-year extension worth about $19 million in new money for an average per year of like $9.5 million. So the deal would guarantee $11 million with a guarantee per year of $5.5 million. Then you've got all these escalators in 13 and 14. It's very complicated. Right. But, uh, you know, Chris Johnson, he said he can't play for $550 million. I agree with him. He, he's got to get... He's got to get up there in the $5 million type range, you know, with the type of quality back that he is. And I'm sure... I'm sure, you know, if you look at the deals that Maurice Jones-Drew got and Steven Jackson got, it probably will go down like this, and, and I'm sure the Titans are going to get him in. Yeah, and another thing about it, Scott, is uh, this continues to happen over and over again uh, where, you know, you have uh, certain players, they do well, uh, they're locked into a contract, and they supersede what everybody else does. And next thing you know, they're pretty much knocking on their their agent's door, saying, "Hold on now, here, uh, this is what I did." 
and I deserve more, a heck of a lot more than what I'm getting. And uh, we want to restructure, quote, restructure my contract. Um, and that becomes a catch-22 situation. Yeah, well, I, I, you got to see it happening, though. It's Chris Johnson. He's gonna he's gonna get it in. I would I would still draft him with no questions at one one and, and be happy with that. But Mike, this Vincent Jackson situation is a little more dire. It's a little more desperate because you've got San Diego Charger GM AJ Smith. He is a, he is known to play hardball, and Vincent Jackson and also Marcus McNeil are, are are saying that hey they're prepared to hold out. And then the statement I want to read you, Mike. I've got it right here in my hands uh, from A.J. Smith. It's very poignant, and it's very directed right at these guys. He said, and I quote, this was uh, just the other day, uh, June 16th. He said, we lost a couple of, this was a San Diego Union Tribune, we lost a couple of great players today, and it hurts. We are trying to build a championship team, and losing the services of both Vincent and Marcus just made that more difficult but not impossible in due time. Coach North Turner will name two new starters. We will rally as a team, compete, and try to win as many games as we can. Mike, these guys have lost more than $2.5 million in offer money when the team reduced their offer. What they do is they reduce it to 110% of their 2009 salary. That's 580000 for Jackson and 600000 for McNeil. And these guys are both prepared, they say, to hold out until late November. Like, this is a this is a game going back and forth and they're both playing hardball. Like I don't like it at all. No, no, that that's a recipe for disaster right now. And uh that don't sound good at all. Um you know, they San Diego, uh they have got a good team. They they've got a solid quarterback. Uh they've got a lot of good places, uh or a lot of good uh things in place, but there is no way that they can have all this, all these things going on, and uh, and make for a championship atmosphere. That's what they need to have, is a championship atmosphere. And North Turner, uh, I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure the uh, organization knows that. But uh, to do this, uh, that's that that's not a championship atmosphere. Yeah. Mike, another big story. Uh, it sounds like out of Chicago, you know, a lot of us have been looking at uh, who's going to emerge there. Is it going to be Devin Hester? Is it going to be a Roma Shadu? Uh, they didn't sign another wide receiver there. You've got Mike Marks now leading the way. They announced today that Johnny Knox has entrenched himself as one of the starters. Mike, this kid uh, who, who really came on last year as a rookie, uh, he showed and flashed some potential. This kid just might be the Mike Fox weapon that everybody's been waiting to see. Well, I, you know, he, he could be, uh, Scott, uh, but, you know, the one thing about it is uh, Mike Marks, he, I mean, he's reaching. Let's face it, he's reaching. When you, when you come to kids like that and uh, looking for him, uh, it's like, wow, man, I'm just trying to find somebody, somebody that's going to get into my system, somebody that's going to buy into my system, somebody that's going to uh, grab a hold of it and, uh, and carry it on. And, you know, I, I think he's reaching. Myself. Yeah. Well, he's got great speed. Um, he has um, run after the catch ability. We'll see what he can do in that Mike Marks offense. He has been going uh, late in these drafts. Uh, not a lot of respect for him uh, up until this point, but we'll see if that changes now. And, and you know, this is a guy, uh, an ADP that you're going to want to watch to find out. Any, anybody that's involved in a Mike Marks offense with Cutler, uh, you've got to look forward to. And, 
and you've got to keep him on your radar. That's all I'm saying, keep him on your radar. The other news that I think is, is relevant to report before we go, uh, Adrian Foster named the camp starter, the, the guy who's going to head into camp. You've got the Steve Slayton. You've got the rookie Ben Tate from Auburn. You've got a lot of guys there. But Adrian Foster proved himself a Tennessee kid, and, you know, he kept Montero Arnesty on the bench, I guess, and, and now Foster is uh, Foster getting an opportunity to uh, to prove himself now as a as a starter in Houston, and you know we just have to keep an eye on it. Not not really uh, anything too noisy here because you know it's a camp starter. It's, anybody can win the job in camp, and I fully expect Ben Tate to really really show some skills off this year. But uh, Mike Aaron Foster's going into camp as a starter. What can you say? Well, you know what? I still say that uh, they're going to give Steve Slayton all the opportunities in the world because. He is uh, – first off, he's proven uh, – he's proven to fumble. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully they've got that fixed. And, uh, but he's proven to catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's a proven NFLer. And he can uh, he can get into, get into the goal line. And, uh, you know, he, he can make things happen for Houston. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they're going to come in there. They're a little bit younger. But – and sometimes that can be good. But uh, – I really look for Steve Slayton to uh, to bounce back for Houston and a lot of these young guys to uh, uh, ride along his coattails. Well, we'll see what it is. You know, Steve Slayton has that very bad injury to his neck. They had to insert screws in that thing, Mike. So it's not uh, it's not something you want to see from uh, from a, from a running back, uh, you know, by any means. So. You know, listen, we uh, we are streaming live on the thefantasysportschannel.com. I want to thank the guys, Mark Ronick and all the crew over at the Fantasy Sports Channel. We stream live at ffc.fm. We're also on blogtalkradio.com slash red versus blue every Friday night, 11 p.m. Uh, the call-in number every week is 347-324-5404. But, uh, you know, this week we, we, we do respect that we're, we're going to need these phone lines because we've got so much in action here. We're going to bring in Tommy Yates. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, our Pittsburgh Steelers report here. Tommy Yates, a high stakes veteran. Tommy, how are you, bud? We're good, Scotty. How you doing, buddy? We're doing we're doing great up here in Indianapolis, and I'll let you say hello to Mike too. Hi, well, Mike. Tommy. How's it going, Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to a good season, a little better season than last year from our guys. Uh, we'll see what happens. We've had a lot of news. Uh, it's been a busy off season. The Steelers seem to be in the news a lot this year. Absolutely, and and we got to start Tommy, uh, Tommy with Big Ben. He's been a train wreck this off season with the allegations of rape and conduct. But this is a guy who's got two Super Bowl rings in his short career, and and many dynasty owners are wondering if they should buy or sell Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's got this suspension. What do you say? Well, I think he's got all the talent in the world, and uh, and you know I'm a fan of the player, but I'm really not a fan right now of the human being. I the I'm I'm willing to forgive anybody uh, that's looking to rehabilitate themselves from problems they have. But uh, he did an interview with the local TV stations this week, uh, this past week, and uh, one of the questions they asked him was about uh, did they think did did he think he had an issue with alcohol, and he seemed to think he doesn't. Um, and to me, uh, to, to looking at his behaviors and these situations, the one in Nevada, the one down in Georgia. It just, I mean, alcohol was involved, and uh, it seems to me that uh, when when he gets together with alcohol, bad things happen, and I'm not catching that from him. I'm, I'm, so it, it says to me that basically he's not a question of uh, if this is going to happen again. To me, unless he makes major changes in that direction, 
and, and trying to clean up his life in that way, uh, it's a question of when. And I don't know, it could be this year, might be next year. But, um, but I, you know, I, he's got all the talent in the world. I think, you know, I watched a replay of that Super Bowl game, the last Super Bowl he was in, and he was great in that second half. You know, he threw for 300 yards. You know, I mean, he had a wonderful day. He just, Santonio was good, too. It was, you know, he got the MVP, but, uh, but Ben ran one in. You know, he's a big guy. He's great at the goal line. He ran in for two touchdowns last year, threw for 25. He's, uh, I, I really like him as a fan, and I just wish he changed his likes. So you, your specific question is, what do you think for Dynasty? If it's, from, if it's me, um, I mean, I'm a homer. I'm drafting him. I've only done three drafts this year, and I got him in two of them. I took him late even though he's going to miss the first four games. The first five uh, games of the season, we got the bye week in week five. But, uh, but I, you know, the next time he screws up and gets and something happens to him, he's, he's going to be gone. And uh, he might be gone from the league. He might, you know, he might not get back, even though he's in his prime. You know, he's a young guy. Um, and he's, and he, we signed him for $102 million for like eight years. But uh, who knows? I mean, I think it's a question of when unless he, unless he makes some major changes in his life. You're listening to Tommy Yates for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Wallace with the loss of Santonio Holmes and the Big Ben suspension. Mike Wallace seems to be a big up-and-comer here. Will it be the always undervalued Heinz Ward to be the guy again, or might we see Mike Wallace in his second year take over the wide receiver one range? I think uh, I think Heinz is probably going to lead the way this year. I think uh, – I think he's really dependable. I mean, he's let's see, he's in his 13th year, I think, this year, and he's uh, he caught 90 some balls last year. He's you know he's a 13 year vet, and his 12th wow. year he caught 90 some balls, uh, 1100 yards, uh, six touchdowns, seven touchdowns, something like that. And yeah. he's capable. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's lost. How are you going to lose a step? He wasn't that fast anyway. They love to have him on the field because he blocks like crazy. He's you know he's a warrior out there. And uh, so they're going to keep him. He's going to be out there every down. Wallace is the young buck. He did. He showed a lot last year. He did a lot. Of, uh, you know, he was stretching the field a lot, and he'll do that some this year. They like him. If he stays healthy, I mean, you know, he's he's going to be he's going to be the number two guy. But I still think Hines is is going to is going to hold on to the uh, reception lead on the team. There's 70 some receptions to go around because Antonio's not here anymore. Uh, who's going to get him? I think I think Wallace will get some. And I think uh, Heath Miller's in for a big year, too. I think that he's a real nice safety valve. I think he'll, he'll probably he, – he has a chance to catch 80 balls again, just like almost last year. He, he cut 70-some. And uh, he's got a shot at catching that many and getting more yardage out of it this year. That's the way I see it. Now, the team talks about uh, wanting to run the ball a lot more. But, um, but you know, you look at the receivers in the year they had last year. They're all capable. Uh, we got a nice schedule for – of course, we have a nice schedule for the run, too. We just had a nice schedule. Uh, I mean, I, I, I look at it and I see it doesn't really look to me like we have uh, a lot of shutdown teams in any direction. We do play the Jets late in the season during the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, I think what do we got on week 14, and uh, that might you know that's that's a tough team to pass against. But uh, there's, um, you know there's not a lot of that on the schedule this coming year. So I think it, it, in a nutshell, I think Hines Ward's probably still going to lead the way, and he's a nice pickup. I got him. I was in a 14-team draft for the NFFC for a uh, uh, magazine they're going to put out in July. I had the 14th pick uh, last week in the draft, and I ended up getting Hines in the beginning of the fifth round. Um, so I, I, you know, I thought that was real good value. I'm a homer, but uh, but I see Hines leading the way again this year. <laughs> the big question in the chat room, Tommy, the big question in the chat room from the crew here, Red versus Blue, 
Will Tommy take Jeff Reed as his kicker in every league? <laughs> well, Scott, I want to jump in. Uh, Tommy, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, the uh, As far as uh, fantasy football and uh, dynasty football, uh, when you come to think about it, uh, the fact of having uh, a bunch of wide receivers that can step up uh, step up to the plate for uh, Ben Roethlisberger, but, you know, once he once everything is okay, uh, you know, that's going to really open things up for uh, Rashard Mendenhall. And uh, Rashard Mendenhall, in my opinion, is a uh, is, is a hidden talent in the league. Uh, that he, I mean, he could step up, but he's going to need wide receivers. For Ben to throw to to uh, open everything up, and uh, do they? Do you think that they have enough to let uh, Richard do his deal, or what? Well, I I tell you what, Mike. I think a lot of people are are thinking that. I think a lot of people like Richard Mendenhall a lot. I'm I'm looking at some of these early rankings and some of the websites, and people I respect, people whose whose rankings, you know, I when, when I see somebody real high that I don't necessarily have. Uh, in my book, that high, I got to really take a good hard look at it because these people uh, know what they're doing and they're winners. And uh, I see Mendenhall in two of them ranked as the seventh highest running back in point per reception league. And I, I just don't know if, if me personally, if I go there yet. And he's a young guy. He was drafted real high. Uh, he's going to have a nice opportunity this year. But you know, we took a guy in the sixth round too, Jonathan Dwyer. I don't see Mendenhall getting all the goal line touches. I, when Ben comes back in the fifth week. He's going to steal a couple of those. We've got, we got right. uh, Redmond. You know, if we run with a fullback, it's Frank the Tank Summers that we brought in last year. He's supposed to be good at the goal line. Dwyer's going to be nice at the goal line, I think. I, I could see, see Mendenhall coming out a lot when we get inside the five. I, I, I don't see him, you know, getting those Grady touchdowns. I don't see him getting 10 to 15. I think he's going to have to earn his. And, uh, and he's a nice back. Um, and he's got to prove to me he's going to stay healthy, too. I was at that game two years ago when, when he ran smack dab into, into Ray Lewis and broke his shoulder. And yeah. it was like, as soon as he hit him, he went straight down. I mean, it was, it was ugly to watch. And, right. uh, you know, he, he had a nice year. Uh, let's see what he does. Is it me personally, I wouldn't take him as high as he's doing right now. But, uh, yeah, you but, know, and that's funny, Tommy, because, uh, you know, I was just – my follow-up question – What's well, going to be uh, Jonathan Dwyer? Where, where does he fit in? But uh, you pretty much yeah. answered that for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, Tommy, I mean, just my personal opinion. I mean, I, you know, I, they don't they don't let me hang out at practice, but I, I think I could see him being a goal line guy, and uh, and you know everything I read about him, and, and I look at his height and his weight, and uh, what he did at Georgia Tech. He was basically a fullback down there. Uh, who, who got a lot of carries. And so I, I see him being a, a type of guy that wants to bang it up in there. And I think we're going to try and run uh, inside a lot more this year. You know, when Fanica left, uh, we, we weren't so good running between the tackles. Now we drafted this guy, Marquise Conti, uh, in the first round, and he's going to – they don't know if he's going to play center or guard yet, but he's been practicing in both those positions, and uh, they really like him a lot. He's probably going to be a starter on opening day, and uh, they, he's a bit of a road grader, they say. Well, Tommy, thanks so much for joining us. Tommy Yates covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see you out in Vegas, my friend. Thanks a lot, Scotty. Thanks, and you too, Mike. You guys take care. you got a great show. Thank you, man. All right, we're going to move right along, Mike. We are already behind on the show. We've got Steve Carter covering the New York Jets. Show it, and everybody knows him. Steve Carter, welcome to Red vs. Blue. Talk about the Jets here tonight, buddy. How are you doing, Scott? 
doing fantastic, Mike. man. Getting getting ready for this fantastic New York Jets season. Listen, uh, the Jets led the league in carries with 607 carries last year, Steve. Next closest team was Carolina with 525. This team is more committed to the run than any other, and it's not even close. Now, I'm going to ask you, the Jets have the dominant line, the ground-and-pound running style. With Thomas Jones gone, in comes Sean Green, and he's expected to be the Jets' future running back, but we did sign LT. Now, how do you see the carries throughout the season? Well, Sean Green's going to be the guy. I don't, I don't doubt that, but there's no way that you can count LT out. The only thing I worry about with him is that foot situation. It's a chronic injury, and as you know, I've been involved in contact sports, and I've seen people have problems with those injuries. They just won't go away. But if that can get healed up, he can step in at any time and do so many things. And just think of all the different uh, targets that Sanchez is going to have this year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's talk uh, about that. At the wide receiver position, Braylon seemed to come on late. Now they've added Santonio Holmes, both of whom are fighting for a contract this year. What do you think of those two, and how do you see that shaking out? Well, a lot of people say Edwards can't catch the ball, but I saw some great catches. Now, yeah, he'll drop it, but so does everybody else. And I think he's comfortable with Sanchez, and I think that makes a big, big difference. And I'm really looking for some big things from him this year. I think it's it's like one of those do it or don't do it kind of years, but I have all the confidence in the world that they can put it together. You've got great receivers on this team. Uh, San Antonio Holmes, if he can keep things together, which is a big if, uh, we all know what he can do, but don't forget about Mr. Cotri because he's he's a clutch guy, and if he's your third receiver, you got you a very good one. Yeah, he's an often overlooked guy. Dustin Keller here scored in each of the Jets' playoff games, and I was at that Colts game. It was a great first half. <laughs> do you think he's capable of making the leap to that next level in that offense? Without any any doubt in my mind. And, in fact, the thing that I like so much about Dustin Keller, he is so versatile, you can put this guy out wide. They have mm-hmm. so many different sets they can come up with the, this passing attack uh, that will help that run because you certainly can't forget about the run. You can't forget about the pass. I mean, you've got a lot of things coming at you. I would not want to be the defensive coordinator trying to defend against this team. And there's one guy we didn't mention up there with the running backs who can also figure in as a receiver is Joe McKnight. And who is he an old teammate of? Mr. Sanchez. Yeah, Joe McKnight from USC. Now, the only potential weakness I see in the Jets this year show is the backwards uh, it's, it's a backwards move from Sanchez. I mean, as for fantasy staff, he put up an awesome game against the Colts in that championship game, 250-2. So maybe that's a sign of things to come here, so. But do you think that offense will ever allow Sanchez to be a fantasy star? Well, I don't know about that. As a fantasy player, I probably wouldn't be too anxious about taking Sanchez. But as a Jet fan for 42 years, I didn't like it when he moved up to five to get him. I didn't think he had the talent to do it because at 16 games as a college player, it just didn't impress me. And the only thing that I saw, some of his best passes were on the run. I just didn't think you could do that in the NFL. But he showed me he can also drop back and throw that football. And when you give him these kind of targets, that gives him a tremendous amount of confidence. He's a hard worker. He's done a lot of work on that rehab on that knee this year. He's in good shape. And I'm excited about that aspect of the game as well. Well, see, uh, Steve, I, if I can, uh, this is Mike. I want to jump in. Uh, 
How you doing, there's Mike? A big difference, there's a big difference between uh, a, a fantasy star and a winning quarterback. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think, I think Mark Sanchez, he has that opportunity to do that this year. This is his chance to uh, to really shine as a uh, as a manager of a team, whether it you know whether it be throwing the ball or uh, giving it off to Sean Green thirty times a game or dumping it off to LT in uh, third and three situations. Uh, this is his time to shine, and this this could be a big opportunity for the Jets. I, I'm really high on the Jets this year. He can have a great season, and so can the Jets even if he doesn't have outstanding stats. Because I remember another Jet quarterback who in a Super Bowl didn't throw a pass in the fourth quarter, and they ended up winning that game and beating the Baltimore Colts. Uh, So if he's a good field general, if he manages the game well, if he uses those tools that he has, he doesn't have to come out there and throw 354 yards per game. All he's got to do is come out there and be sound. Uh, They can march that – ball right down the field with that running attack and then hit Keller, Cotri, uh Holmes, any any one of those receivers uh, in the red zone, it's going to be tough for teams to defend against them. Uh, well, I'm concerned about losing Fanica. Right, right. And But another thing, though, Steve, is that's going to be another thing to uh, – that's going to be a lot to ask for for a second-year quarterback. We, we saw the second-year woes that uh, – uh, Joe Flacco had uh, so I don't know. I mean, but I, I think I think the system around him, uh, you know, losing Fanica hurts. But I think the system around him is going to help. And uh, you know, I really like I said, I see big things ahead for the Jets. Well, there's something that some people tend to forget from time to time, and I never do because I play defense. This defense the Jets are putting together is going to put that ball in positions on the field that are going to be advantageous to Sanchez and allow him to use those tools to get in that end zone. So they're becoming a complete team now for the first time in a very long time. And if they can avoid tremendous injuries uh, to key players, they can do the same thing they did last year, only go that one game further. Fantastic to have you on show for the New York Jets. We will see you in Vegas, Mr. Steve Carter. Thank you for coming to Red Bush and Blue, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. We're, we're, we're still bringing the heat, Mike. We're going we're gonna to move to uh, Aaron Rednicki from footballguys.com, breaking down the Buffalo Bills. Aaron, C.J. Spiller taking with the ninth pick overall. It sounds like a death warrant for Marshawn Lynch. Fred Jackson was more than capable last year, averaging over four and a half yards per carry, and he's He's a great receiving threat out of the backfield. What do you see from this trio this year? Uh, well, uh, good to be on the show, first off. Uh, I guess my thoughts are that Jackson obviously had a great year, definitely outplays Lynch and looks like he's a you know a true feature back. Uh, but he's an older back also, and so I don't know the, how much time he's going to have left there. And I don't necessarily think Spiller's the guy that's going to be carrying the load either. So I wouldn't mind them keeping Lynch around. Uh, he's pretty good insurance to have. I don't think – these offers of a fourth-round pick or whatever are really, you know, worth getting rid of him. He's still a good young back. So I wouldn't be surprised to see all three backs uh, on the team throughout this year sharing carries, and it's going to be kind of a nightmare for fantasy owners, though, most likely. Well, let's talk about that. Trent Edwards, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or my boy from Louisville, Brian Brom. Mikey, who, uh, Aaron, who appears to be taking the lead here at quarterback? 
this is a mess. I don't think anyone's going to want to draft any of these guys right now. It's going to be an open competition in camp. Uh, you know, Edwards is probably the favorite going in just because, you know, he's, he's got a little bit uh, more experience than the other guys. But um, Fitzpatrick looked pretty good last year. He's a little bit more mobile than Edwards. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he had, you know, if he kind of fit into that Tyler Thigpen role that uh, Chang Gailey used when he was in Kansas City. Brian Brown, mm-hmm. he's the wild card. We just, we, I just, we just really haven't seen enough from him yet. You know, he mm-hmm. kind of flamed out in Green Bay. Uh, Bill got him cheap. Got a little bit of action at the end of the year last year, but, you know, those were games that nobody really cared about. The season was already yeah. over. We're really uh, Aaron, I want to I, I wanna jump in here real quick, uh, Scott. Uh, Aaron, this is Mike. Uh, okay. If you had an impact player on your team, uh, Buffalo Bills, whether it be quarterback, wide receiver, running back, uh, offensive lineman, an impact player, uh, what player would that be right now? I think the, the most interesting player, you know, obviously the running backs, I think are going to, whoever, you know, Fred Jackson will probably be a decent player this year. Stiller might surprise people. You know, not surprise, but, you know, contribute a little bit more than we expected. But one guy to watch, I think, is Sean Nelson. There's a, you know, Terrell Owens is gone. There's not really a, you know, a legitimate number two wide receiver on the team yet that we know of. Uh, I think it's wide open for Sean Nelson to emerge and, you know, become a pretty big target in the passing game there this year. Yeah, you know, he's big, 6'5", and most, most NFL draft scouts proclaim that pick of steel when it happened. He was drafted in the fourth round from Southern Miss. He had some, a few injuries, and he didn't really account for much, but he's in Chan Gailey's new offense. So do you, do you see him as a dynasty keeper? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the tight end position is pretty deep these days. There's a lot of good ones around the league, but the Bills haven't had an impact tight end for a long time, and I'm hoping that uh, he's the guy that can change that this year. He's got... You know, he's got great size, soft hands, and he can basically run like a wide receiver out there. So I think he's going to be able to stretch the field. And, you know, uh, you know, obviously Lee Evans is going to draw most of the attention, so I think that's going to leave the open, open, middle of the field open for Nelson and, you know, some of the running backs coming out of the backfield. Now you mentioned Aaron, uh, Aaron Redneck, footballguys.com with us tonight. T.O. is gone. Lee Evans, uh, 44 receptions, 7 TDs last year, only 96 targets. They've declined. His targets have declined every year the last four years, but he really, to me, seems to be undervalued in his role as the unquestioned number one wide receiver. Uh, his draft slot is, is, is ADG of, uh, like, wide receiver 38 right now. Um, the quarterback situation is obviously a mess. What do you predict this year for Evans? Man, he's a really good receiver. He's just in a terrible situation. Even last year with T.O., you know, drawing, most of the, drawing a lot of coverage, um, Evans just wasn't getting thrown to very often. It was it was really strange that they weren't finding ways to get him more involved. This year, I just don't, you know, he's he's a great player. He's going to make some big plays. But the Bills, number one, they don't have a legitimate player to play opposite him. It's going to take some take some attention away from the defense, uh, cornerbacks and whatnot. And they also just don't have a big arm quarterback anymore. I don't think any of these guys are known for throwing the deep ball, and that's where that's where he can really make other teams pay. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be decent. He's just not going to be one of those guys who has like a you know a top ten breakout season. I don't think. Mm-hmm. With an injury there, wide receiver three or four probably. But he's he's hard to start because you put him in your lineup and it's almost like if he doesn't get a touchdown or a big big play, he's kind of like going to get you a couple points and that's not really going to help you win very often. Yeah. 
Aaron, today in fantasy, uh, the new site over at footballguys.com, uh, your site recently launched. Tell the world real quick about that new site. Well, basically what we wanted to do is we figured there's a ton of free content available out there on the web all over. You know, There's hundreds of different probably sites out there and blogs whatnot covering fantasy football, offering advice, rankings, projections, all kinds of stuff like that. And we wanted to try and organize it in a way so that someone could come to one site and find what they're looking for. If they need to know what the latest, you know, rankings are on Sean Green or LaShawn McCoy, they can come to our site, punch in that player's name, and it'll basically bring up all pieces of content, articles, rankings, things like that, that have mentioned that player recently. Uh, so basically anything that gets published, posted online, we'll, we'll log it, we'll tag it, and, uh, you know, give a description of what, what the piece of content is, tag it to players, names, author, website, team names. Basically, we're calling it like a Google for fantasy sports. We're organizing things in a way that really makes it easy for people to find all this great content that's out there. Because right now, it's kind of all spread out in so many different places that it's easy to lose track and just get overwhelmed with it all. So we're just trying to organize it and make things easier for people. Aaron Rudnicki, footballguys.com. Thank you for joining Red vs. Blue. Come back soon. All right. Take it easy, guys. Right, thanks, Buffalo Bills, Mike. Uh, we're, we're really rolling along here. We've got to, we've got to catch up here in the program. We've got uh, our next guest are the day drinkers, Josh Held and Jason Goldman, breaking down the Arizona Cardinals. You guys with us? We are. We are. Fantastic, okay. man. Listen, listen, we we got we got them both on here now. Listen, the Warner, uh, Kurt Warner, the legend. He retires, guys. Anquan Bolden is gone. Matt Liner's taking over your reins this year. What is in store for this Liner Fitzgerald connection? Is he is is Liner a capable quarterback too this year? Well, Scott, we just want to say thank you so much for having us on. We love listening to you, but we really want to know why you're going to have us on. No Kurt Warner, no fantasy football points for us, my man. Yeah, be woo. Miami Dolphins, Chad Pennington era has started with Matt Leinart in his weak arm. It's just, it, it's not going to look good. I'm, Fitz will get his, but we pray as Cardinal fans he can step up. He's hopefully developed in our program, but I got to, being honest, we're not, we're not optimistic here in the Valley. We're not optimistic about the Matt Leinart era. But there is very good news, fellas. We have new black jerseys, and that's going to give us some hope. Whoa. Well, let me ask let me ask a question real quick, and then I'll kind of let uh, Scott take over. Uh, uh, Jason, Josh, uh, what about the uh, you know I know Steve Bresson or or uh, Matt Leinart, you know that Matt Leinart error is going to be a little difficult, but uh, I'm I'm pretty high on Steve Breston. and uh, what do you guys think about Steve Breston? and do you think that he can maybe make uh, Matt Leinart a little bit better? You know, I personally think that he uh, he absolutely could, but I would keep your eyes on early do set. He uh, he's going to be that short to intermediate guy that uh, Matt doesn't have that strong of an arm, and uh, the deep bombs that Bresson's used to catching, I don't think we're going to see that many catches out of him like we did in the past. So uh, keep an eye on early do set more than uh, Steve Bresson. But Steve's going to be a solid fantasy player, but I don't think don't look for a huge breakout here. Yeah, cool. yeah, I agree. I think. Uh... I think if there's anything to be had, it will be early to set. And I, there's a lot of unknowns, but if we know anything and we look at the past, we see Ken Wisenhunt and what he did in Pittsburgh. 
I really think we're going to shift to that ground and pound and just hammer it with Beanie, play-action game, uh, short passing routes, and then you always got Fitz out on that, you know, that wide out to catch those third and longs and third and shorts, and Fitz is going to be the guy. Breston will get his, but I really think we're going to make a transition and be a running football team. We're going to have to. <laughs> you can't put the game in Leinart's hands or you're going to get guys killed like he did San Juan Borba yeah. last year when he came in the game. I think you're right about that, Josh. It is a ground game this year. The team got a steal in nose tackle Dan Williams, who's predicted to go as high as pick number 12 by some of the mock draft experts, and he fell all the way to 26. Uh, and he's going to anchor, you know, this uh, this three four scheme that they have. I, I just see uh, I see that um, their uh, Ken Wisenhund is, is is really looking for Beanie Wells. Most people predict this is a year that Beanie Wells will jump to elite running back status with Wisenhund's ground game. Now his ADP right now is in the fourth round. What do you see from Wells and, and this Hightower? He was a pleasant surprise last year. What do you what do you see from this combination? Well, you know, I, personally, I. I I fell for it last year. I thought Beanie would have a little bit bigger year. I thought he'd step in sooner than he did. Um, but Wisenhunt, he stayed with Hightower, and, and he split them up, and Beanie would get hot for a couple games, and then he'd go cold, and Hightower would get a couple. Personally, I'm not fantasy-wise, I'm not going to trust him until I see it for a year because we just don't know. As I said earlier, too many unknowns with this team. You know Fitz will get his regardless of who's quarterback, but other than that, I'm not ready to jump out on a limb with either one of these running backs at this point. I hope that Beanie Wells is a fan. I hope he takes the reins, but until I see it, I'm not going to place my fantasy money into Beanie Wells yet. Mm-hmm. And Andre Roberts is coming out, the uh, the rookie pick. It sounds like he's going to be your special teams guy and maybe try to edge his way in there. Have you seen this kid from the Citadel? The you know, I've, uh, he's, he's, he's amazing. He's, uh, he's five foot eleven. And uh, he's one of those sneaky, sneaky speed guys. Doesn't look like he's got the uh, craziest 40 speed, but he breaks away. I actually got a chance to see him at the practice facility, and he made Steve Bretson look slow. And that's uh, something to say. So keep your eyes out on this kid for uh, special teams. I'm, I'm uh, selecting at least one punt return this year. That's what I'm <laughs> predicting. And we've had one in the last 40 years, gentlemen. <laughs> Real quick, guys, uh, uh, Jason Goldman and Josh Held with us, uh, breaking down the Arizona Cardinals. Tell everybody about the Day Drinker Decisions Contest that we all look forward to coming up in 2010. Yes, yes, they're a little behind schedule this year. My apologies for that. Life's been a little crazy, and uh, got to put some things before the fantasy football, but they will be out in the next week or two. Uh, Day Drinker Decisions, the free message board contest on the FFPC website. If you're not familiar, go to www.myffpc.com, click on the communities message board, and jump on. Free contest, we give away, I shouldn't say we, Alex and Dave are generous enough to give away a couple of free satellite leagues to the winners of this contest. And it's pretty simple. All we do is throw out some uh, hypothetical fantasy questions. Who's going to score the most fantasy points this year? For example, we throw out running backs, number one picks. Is it going to be Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson, Maurice Jones-Drew? Random example. You pick the guy. We do 25 different polls. Uh, Whoever gets the most right wins. It's that simple. It's fun. It gets the fantasy juices flowing. Uh, Usually in early June this year, we're going to be in the next couple weeks, but we will get it going. We'll still have a month before training camps open. 
and uh, we'll start getting a sense of, you know, where ADP falls versus where the fantasy sharks that play at the FFPC uh, have in mind for these guys as far as the rankings. So I look forward to putting it on. We'll get it going in the next couple of weeks, and uh, hope everyone enjoys it. And, and hey, Drinker, keep, keep in mind one, one thing before we go. Derek Anderson, if that happens, I was just thinking about it. Look for Steve Breston to have a good year. Mike. Well, I tell, I tell you what, Josh. Uh, we love we love the uh, we love the uh, day day drinkers' decisions, and uh, you know the one thing about it is uh, you know there's every once in a while where you throw it out to where uh, hey, uh, what would you guys like to vote on? Uh, you know, give me some feedback. Uh, and I saw that last year, and that was a lot of fun. That made it a lot of fun. Uh, I participated, didn't do very well, but that's okay. But uh, <laughs> It's a lot of fun. I appreciate it, Josh. I think I got second to last place in my own contest. So it has nothing to do with your fantasy <laughs> ability. We're making these predictions in July. So so jump in and have fun with it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your decisions. Breaking down the Arizona Cardinals. Thanks, guys. You got it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mike. Good luck on the move. All right, man. That was a lot of fun uh, breaking down the Cardinals. We've got to move on. We're just keeping it rolling. Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com and FootballGuys.com, the Philadelphia Eagles insider for Red vs. Blue. Jeff, Kevin Kolb takes the reins for Tom McNabb this season. Many are calling him a top ten Dynasty quarterback already. Let me see. I'm in this 12-50 Dynasty League, and Jeff, he was the fifth quarterback off the board. What's in store for Kolb owners this year? Well, Kevin Cobb is going to be better than Donovan McNabb this year. He's going to put up more points than McNabb last year. I won't say that he's a better quarterback at this point in their lives, but I will say that he is more ready for this offense and he is a better match for the skill set that they currently have. McNabb was a great quarterback for the Eagles, but he just couldn't excel to get that, that final level. I think Cobb has a little bit more potential at this point, and he's got more upside. So it was the, the switch that they had to make. The comparisons will have to will come to Aaron Rodgers just because he's a third-year guy coming in. He's not a rookie, but he's getting the reins. So it's not a far Rodgers situation, but the analogy can be made that this guy is not a rookie, but he is tailored for this offense, and he will excel because he's a great uh uh, guy getting the ball in space and get, leading a, a receiver the way that he should be in a West Coast offense. Well, I'm I'm gonna, left in. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Jeff, I'm going to jump in real quick. Uh, I've been a big Kevin Call fan uh, from the time you guys drafted him uh, until right now. And there is no doubt in my mind he's got extremely good arm strength. Uh, the kid can throw and he can manage offense and Furthermore, what has he done in the very few times when McNabb was out? What has he done? He's posted huge numbers. Uh, so I don't think uh, I don't think this Philadelphia Eagles uh, offense is going to. They're not going to go backwards as far as uh, the quarterback position. And as crazy as that might sound, I do not believe they're going to go backwards in the quarterback position. Another Philly legend, Jeff, Brian Westbrook is gone, and in comes the kid from Pittsburgh, LaShawn McCoy. They also signed Mike Bell for goal line and drafted Charles Scott from LSU. Some are questioning uh, McCoy's strength, and I saw some squat numbers that were just ridiculously sad, but 
He sure looks like another dual threat running back for Andy Reid. Tell us about McCoy. Well, I do like McCoy, but by far he's not a Brian Westbrook, but very few running backs are, especially at this point in their careers. Uh, I think he's a very good player in space, which is the way he should be used. He has ball security issues, and he dances a lot like what Reggie Smith, uh, Reggie Bush, excuse me, used to do as a rookie, where he likes to turn the corner. He wants to use his speed and show off. Unfortunately, in the NFL, everybody's fast, not just Reggie anymore. So, um, he he's not made McCoy's not made for between the tackle running at this point between the ball security and him not running north south enough. That's why Mike Bell was brought in to be that guy along with Weaver. I I do like Charles Scott. Charles Scott is a good running back. He's an excellent sleeper. I wouldn't hesitate at all in a deep draft to take him as one of the last backs off the board. I think if Mike Bell, who's not you know he does he's not that durable. So if he goes down. He's going to be the guy that's going to be the goal line back. McCoy will be used as a receiver on screens at the backfield and use him around the edges where he's most prolific to be putting up yards and fancy points. You've got some uh, conversation going on in the chat room here, Jeff, um, and, they're, and they're talking about why they let him go. Why they let McNabb go to a uh, division rival like that with the Redskins? I mean, good storyline, but uh, are they letting him go because they know something they don't? <laughs> well, there's several theories out there, including the crazy one that they wanted to blockade the Redskins from getting a uh, from drafting the quarterback. I didn't. I don't like that at all. But I, I do think that they were giving a little bit of respect to McNabb um, by letting him go to a better starting situation than you know throwing him out to Oakland or St. Louis. But I think they got a great deal from the Redskins. They got two good draft picks for him. And there is a little bit of that psychology that they're going to get to play McNabb two times a year every year. And what better way to scout somebody than to have him on your team for 11 years? So they're going to know how this guy's going to play for two two games on their schedule every single season. Mm-hmm. Man, the Eagles offense, they are just loaded. Selleck, 76 balls last year and eight touchdowns. That's incredible. Uh, I like that kid at Cincinnati when he played in the, in the Big East with the Cardinals now. Do you think we'll see similar numbers from him this year? I mean, does Kevin Cobb like the tight ends? Uh, I don't think we're going to see similar numbers. I think we're going to see about 20% more. I think that um, Selleck and Cobb are very good friends. They room together on the road. They, if you go back and look at the numbers when Selleck and Cobb were both in the game, numbers are big. Uh, he's a great target. Uh, again, with an inexperienced quarterback, uh, the safety valve is over the middle for a big target. That's Selleck. Selleck will get a lot of targets. He'll get a lot of red zone looks. Uh, another sleeper receiver I like for the Eagles is Avant. I think he's an excellent guy in the slot coming out there. I think they're going to be an 11 personnel a lot with three receivers and one back and one tight end often. But Selleck is going to get a lot of work. Uh, they may work Ingram in a little bit. The only downside to the Eagles as far as fancy uh, is, is the usage of Michael Vick. If they start getting you know quirky down the red zone or the short yardage packages and bring in Vick and the Wildcat, that may hurt a little bit the numbers, but they're going to be putting up a lot of points. And another reason the, the Eagles are going to put up a lot of points this year, the secondary is questioned. So they're going to play a lot of games against Dallas and the Giants and guys that are going to throw the ball a lot. So they're not going to be in 17 or 13 games. It's going to be 27, 31, 34-type scores. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Cobb's going to put up big numbers, and so are all the receivers. I totally, I totally agree with you, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know, I, I just, 
you know, I see big games out of Kevin Cobb and big games out of Brent Selleck and, uh, you know, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, you know, the whole team, I see big numbers out of them. But, uh, you know, I just don't know if they can, uh, you know, if they can hang with uh, Dallas and uh, the Giants. But they should be able to. Finally, Macklin, sorry, Jeff, with, with the West Coast offense, the Eagles find themselves in. Some are saying that Macklin will even get more work than Deshaun and that D-Jack would be the deep threat. How do you see that shaking out? Well, I think both guys are going to be deep threats. I think D-Jack is amazing. I don't know how he always gets open deep and wide mm-hmm. open. I mean, like, don't these guys watch any game film? This guy is going to be open deep. You might want to cover him, yet he gets open. I don't understand yeah. it, but yet somehow he does. He had huge numbers of 50-plus yards touchdowns last year, which inflated McNabb's numbers. Um, I think Cobb's going to put up even bigger numbers with Deshaun. He will get open again. Macklin will mature yet again in the offense because of another year under his belt. I think both guys are going to put up numbers. Uh, Deshaun, it would be hard for him to go up. I think his catches may go up, but his yardage may go down a little bit. But I think Macklin, both of his numbers go up. and I think he scores a little bit more this year. I think the Eagles are going to be pushing 500-plus points this year. Jeff, Dynasty guys, for all Dynasty lovers out there, let them know about it. I find myself on it just about every single day in the offseason. Tell us about Dynasty guys. Well, Dynasty guys kind of rolled out of the uh, football guys philosophy where you've got these these players who are playing year-round, and football guys kind of winds down their schedule after the Super Bowl. So it, fill, it bridges that gap for the dynasty player where the highest hardcore activity for dynasty leagues is really going on from January to June. And that's when we really hit it hard, and that's when we're really putting up a lot of dynasty content because you get your rookie drafts, you have everything up at the NFL draft, and we're bringing it all in, and we're tying it in with um, today in fantasy and football guys. and I mean, it's it's all there. It's you got a whole 24/7, 365 package, and we're still going strong there. We've got some content that Peter's putting up there. You have team analysis, like you wouldn't believe if you wanted to get your team analyzed and what kind of trades you can pull off in your league. It's great stuff on there. We got specialized rankings that are multi-year, really tailored for the multi-year dynasty kind of player. And we saw we were following you guys on that uh, dynasty experts league that you just that you guys pulled off. The draft was incredible. There's so many guys there: football guys, fantasyfootball.com, fantasy sharks, roto, ESPN. Just everybody was there. Uh, that league was a was a blast to draft in, I imagine. And you, you pulled off a pretty good team in that. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't stop laughing at how much value we kept getting. I mean, we get Larry Fitzgerald and Mike Sims Walker and. Uh, Holston in, in PPR leagues, and those are your three starters. And you still have Ryan Grant and Cedric Benson. Uh, I mean, our only—I think we have one player over the age 30, which is Tom Brady. So, uh, and it's an IDP league too. So we're we're stacked everywhere we turn with yeah. with Buzzney and all these guys. It's, it's crazy, but you know, yeah, and you got Alec and Stafford too. Yeah, yeah, Stafford are, are two. We have Matt Moore as our fourth quarterback. That's how deep we are. So we're we're looking pretty good there. Jeff Pasquino, thank you for uh, coming on and breaking down the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, come back to Red versus Blue soon. Anytime, Scott and Mike. Love the show. Thanks, Good job here at Red and Blue. That was Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com. That was it, man. That's spanning the globe. We had a we had a great night tonight. It ran. The hour flew by. The chat room was buzzing. They had a lot of fun in there. It sounds like and. Um, you know, Alex brought up a good point in that chat room, Mike. If you catch over, if you're a running back who can catch 50 balls, you're going to be a top 10 uh, running back in PPR. So 
But Sean McCoy just might get – I mean, he had over 40 catches last year. There's there's no reason to think he can't catch 50 this year, Mike. So, fun times, yeah, fun times at Red versus Blue, bud. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed it, Scott. All right. Well, we're going to do it again. Everybody in the chat room, Red versus Blue, we'll see you next Friday. We've got a big show lined up. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next week, guys. Red versus Blue. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Against my will I stand beside my own reflection